0: Thanks for joining us on Beyond the Sermon, the podcast of First Methodist Church in Collingswood, New Jersey. Our goal is not only to share our sermons, but to go beyond the sermon in conversation about what we're learning and what God is doing in our lives and in our community. This conversation is inspired by our 2023 sermon series for Lent, Seven Deadly Sins, The Power of God to Move Us from Death to New Life. You can find more information about our church at fumccollingswood.org. Thanks for joining us for this conversation. So, Jeremy, what's going on in your world today? (laughs) I might be a little blunt.
1: No, no, uh, we had the opportunity on Sunday night to share with our kids. I gave a testimony with them as we've been reading through John, went through the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead by Jesus, which is a very familiar story for many, and um, Connected it with what Rebecca and I have been going through uh, more recently, where maybe a month ago, roughly roughly a month ago.
0: Yeah, right before you went to
1: Mexico, yeah, right? Yeah, Rebecca and I uh, found out that we were pregnant again and were very excited and got to share that news with her family. And a couple other people close to us and then went to Mexico, wanted to get like a more thorough ultrasound when I returned. So I arrived late Thursday night, came back, had an appointment early Friday and discovered during the ultrasound that the heart was no longer beating and that they believe that the baby had stopped growing around nine weeks. Mm. And so, um, kind of started that mourning process and and going through miscarriage and all of those things. And, um, and as we were sharing, as I was sharing with the kids on Sunday night, talking about how great Jesus's love for Lazarus was, depending mm. on the translation. And we'll mm-hmm. say the one you love is sick or, uh, your dear friend is sick. Mm-hmm. Um, But also, when he arrives, he purposefully waits. And and when he arrives, Mary and Martha uh, both to a degree say, Lord, if only you were here, Mm -hmm. then he wouldn't have died. And um, for me, it's a God, you can no longer work in this situation. It's too far gone. If you had done something a little earlier then like, I trust that you could have done something, but now it's, it's too far gone for you to be able to work and redeem this situation. And both Rebecca and I don't believe that it is too far gone for God to work through this situation and Mm -hmm. use it for good. There was a lot of joy and love and hope that came from uh, the few weeks that we had knowing that we were pregnant and that the baby was all right. And uh, I don't think that the sadness of its loss should be the main takeaway from mm-hmm. it. So I was sharing with the kids, you know, it's it, it feels like the baby didn't have enough time, right? Mm-hmm. There's not enough time. And usually when we talk about people passing, we say they're gone too soon until they hit like 90 something. Right. And so uh, it's more of what God can use with the time that we've been given. Mm. And I feel like if we kept things to ourselves and uh, grieved by ourselves and processed all by ourselves, that it would limit how God can use the time that we had with that baby. And so... Wanted to share uh, not only what we're going through, because we appreciate all of the prayers. Uh, God has been good in strengthening us, uh, giving us a healthy perspective, and just sustaining us with uh, joy, And but also allowing us to grieve and uh, be sad for the loss. Just like mm-hmm. Jesus wept, even though he knew that Lazarus was going to live again very shortly, mm-hmm. uh, it's still sad, mm-hmm. uh, the suffering Um
0: and we can Pain. we can hold those two realities in tension right yeah. you know i think a lot of times we think uh, when something like this happens you lose a child you lose a parent you lose a job whatever that it either has to be all sadness mm-hmm. that it's over or you have to deny that sadness and hold on to the good side of it right But we don't have to—we can hold those two things at the same time. It's not easy. No. And there might be a bit of a pendulum sometimes back and forth between them. It's not like you're going to feel them equally all the time at all moments. But but we don't have to deny the good things, the happiness, the joy, the memories, just
1: because the ending came. Yeah. And thanks to Jesus and the story of Lazarus, but also for us— that physical death doesn't necessarily mean the end of life. Right. That's kind of how we we concluded our um, lesson at youth group. But I still wanted to share with you all uh, a little audio clip uh, because of how much joy it brought me and Scott of me uh, originally sharing with Scott the news while we were recording a podcast uh, right before I left for Mexico, whenever yeah. that was. And so I wanted to include that. Um, Because that was such a blessing and the baby was such a miracle, even in the short time that we had it and and was aware of it. At what point was it decided by the church that Amanda and Brian Stewart, myself and Rebecca, were to be the ones to build up the children's ministry? Wait, what?
0: Oh, because you're all having babies? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good
1: question. But I like it. Yeah. I'm a big got, fan of more babies. They got one coming up, and when is the second one coming? June or July? June or July.
0: When's your second one coming? October. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Are you kidding me? No. What? Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Was that a surprise to you? Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Wow! Yeah. So, Jeremy, over these last couple weeks since you shared with me that the baby had died, Mm -hmm. um, it's been a great testimony to your faith in Christ uh, to see how you've handled it, how you've been wrestling with it, how you've been trying to hold the realities of joy and sorrow and tension and all that, um, and ultimately how you want to see all of this whole situation be used for God's glory. Absolutely. A lot of times when people go through something like this, they end up getting angry at God. What have you been able to hold on to that's kept you from kind of tilting into that anger?
1: How real am I allowed to be?
0: (laughs) As real as you want to be.
1: I am at a point where I find it foolish to question God, hmm. and it's through my actions I know that I'm questioning God in many ways in my life, um, because I'm I'm not living <laughs> exactly how how He uh, calls me to, and so you can refer to my Ash Wednesday sermon on on <laughs> that tension of uh, what we're called to do and, and questioning God, but but in regards to like theological things as to why things happen. I know that we're in a fallen, broken world, yeah. and I know that God can do anything within this world, but that so he allows certain things to happen. And as a reminder of Romans eight twenty eight, 28, uh, that God um, works all things for the good of those who love him uh, according to the purpose of his will, um, though I don't see, well, actually, I have seen the joy and the love and the Mm -hmm. peace in those few weeks and have seen it leave uh, an impression on other people, uh, the testimony and and help them kind of have a new perspective on something that they're struggling with and how God can Mm -hmm. work through that. But I think it's something where we can lift anything up to God. Uh, lift ourselves up, lift any situation up to God and trust that he is working in and through. And that doesn't mean we don't participate within it, right? We need to care primarily uh, because if you don't care about something, you're not really going to do much.
0: Right. We Uh, talked about that in the sermon, right? Yeah like we talked about it in the anger sense, but great love is what leads to great anger. Yeah. But you can also, you can hold on to that great
1: love. Absolutely. And so it's, it's the caring. And then no matter what the situation or who, who you're struggling with or want to be saved, you can be praying about it, mm-hmm. no matter your relationship to it or your distance from it. Um, and then when God gives you the opportunity to respond as Christ would, that you take that opportunity. Uh, and so, this has surprisingly, uh, I was talking to Scott the other week of uh, his sermon about gluttony, mm-hmm. I believe, where it's like the where do we go to yeah. for things. And, you know, it can be food. It can be drink. It can be Netflix, like whatever you go to. And so after we'd received the news, excuse me, every time I wanted to just binge a show or do something to distract, I always was doing a heart check. And it just led me into long prayers of gratitude. Hmm. Uh, And that's where it was like, you know, I felt like everybody worldwide or the people around me wanted me to or expected me to hyper focus in on what we no longer had versus everything that God has provided us. Yeah. And so we're so blessed that this wasn't our first pregnancy and that we have Theo. And so we have a living, tangible thing that we can hold and love uh, and see that, you know, God has provided us a baby to full term and able to have that, have my wife, have a roof over our head, have, you know, the ability to pay for a week of basically fancy TV dinners Mm. so that like Rebecca and I don't have to really worry about cooking right now. And we'd also don't need to like call out to the church and announce it sooner so that we can get like a meal train or something. Right. right, Right. Um, that God has provided all of these resources uh, and love and family and friends to support us and church family to support us. So that's where it just constantly led me into prayers of gratitude. Uh, and then also in, in the sermon on greed the other week, that whole time I just kept thinking of like, how much more do I need from God to be content? Mm. Do I need that second child to be satisfied with what God has provided me? And if he provides another one, you know, we will steward that child and raise them uh, for God's will. But, But it's not, you know, not my will, but his will be done. And so that's kind of where I've been in just not only his promises in Scripture, but also... Just in prayer and a focus and gratitude of what he's provided us. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. It reminds me of when Paul writes in Philippians, which is a great, great letter that's filled with this focus on joy, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But in chapter four, Starting in verse 11, he says, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. And that just kind of came to my mind as you were talking there about resting in that contentment of what God has
1: given us. A lot of scriptures come to my mind, but like when Paul talks about nothing can separate us from the love of God, life nor death, you know, sure, all of these things, and this is a guy that was imprisoned and beaten and all of, on all of that, and so i've I've personally never felt separated from the love of God at any point in this, and you know I've had a few people surprised at how I've handled it, sure. And I think twofold of, one, fruits of the Spirit are from the Holy Spirit, and it's holy and separated from what we can attain through the world. So I give God all the credit as Mm. to the peace that I have. Sure. um, Because I know I can't get that anywhere else. Um, But also I've had people make comments like, Oh, I don't think my son could handle it the way your hand or daughter or mm-hmm. this way, and everyone grieves differently. We're not all expected to grieve in the same way. Yeah. Um, but also, I am not the example kind of. I think it's Paul. It says I forget which letter, where he's like, "Copy me as I copy Christ," mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. And so it's anything that you see in this testimony or or on myself. That is like Christ. Copy that stuff, but do not be like Jeremy. <laughs> Trust me. Do not be like Jeremy. Um, but if you see Christ in me, copy those attributes, um, sure. because that that is the only thing worth striving for. And I think you
0: hit on a key in there uh, when you said that everyone grieves differently, mm-hmm. and you're engaging. In that grief, a lot of times we turn to that anger when we're not willing to deal with yeah. the grief. And so your willingness to enter into the experience of joy and sorrow and life and death and loss and all that goes along in that in that grief process, I think, has been one of the keys. It's, you know... I, Kind of talked about that in the sermon on Sunday. and uh, it's okay that you didn't bring it up and you're relating, but uh, maybe it didn't stick <laughs> out to you. That's all right. We've got to deal with those emotions that are underneath or the tendency is we're going to respond yeah. in
1: anger. And, and it's the kind of you talked about this past Sunday about the great love behind kind of the anger and the wrath, mm-hmm. and it's the my love for my family, for Theo, for Rebecca, for the baby that could easily lead to anger and wrath towards God, uh, show towards other people because of what I'm going through and passing it on to others. And so I'm curious, what are things that anger you uh, and or grind your gears per se, um, but also what's the love behind the things that frustrate you and cause you to act out in wrath
0: what's our time limit on this podcast uh, three hours okay good plenty of time then
1: let's make it shorter than avatar
0: all right i mean if i'm honest anger is something that i tend to struggle with from time to time um and there seem to be a, a lot of things that kind of <laughs> get that response um a lot of things that Grammar, I, mean, I mentioned in the sermon, talking about driving and stuff like bad drivers just make me so angry <laughs> sometimes, um, inordinately angry yeah. often. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, I mean, another one is manipulative leaders.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: that really, it really makes me angry when I see people trying to twist a situation to their own advantage or to a direction that other people involved in the situation aren't really on board with, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff uh, that specifically comes into play. Like when I hear uh, a pastor or a teacher or something taking scripture out of context Mm -hmm. and using it to uh, make a point that Either that verse itself isn't making or the context around it doesn't allow you to go to makes me angry, makes yeah. me angry. And I think the reason those things, well, not the driving, the driving, <laughs> that one's that one's well, when what, I'm what, too what's, focused what's the on love me. behind that. What's the
1: love behind the wrath and the driving?
0: I think it's me mm-hmm. <laughs> and my agenda and my plans. And, you know, those other people are getting in the way and and I mean it's always been an issue but I think it's been more of a thing for me since I had the accident in Uganda Mm. and for those who are listening who don't know on our first term in Uganda when we were there um, we were driving on a trip to Congo and a little boy ran out in front of our car Um, there was a Van in front of us that was pulling off, and he didn't see us, and we didn't see him. And collided with him, and he ended up dying there on the side of the road. So I, I think I've been more sensitive to it mm. since that happened, or you know the times I've yelled at my boys for playing too close to the street or for not looking both ways. Um, just because, in like all that gets triggered up and bubbles up inside me when
1: in those situations. So I don't know if that really answers the question. No, it's, but... And it's the the love for your boys, for their safety, all of those things. Yeah, and 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 you act
0: out to conserve that. And when it comes to the leaders and the scripture, I think it's my love for the church. Mm-hmm. It's my love for uh, God and His revelation of Himself in His Word. Um, this is how God. Has chosen to reveal himself to us, yeah. and therefore it's not up to us to choose what it means. You know, it it either means what it says it means, or it means nothing. Yeah. Um, and when we take that, when we twist it, when we use it to manipulate other people,
1: oh, yeah. that I makes can make me it, angry. I say
0: anything, right? Give me anything. Yeah, you can find a verse. I mean, it's you can pull out of context and make it say
1: anything you want. Yeah. The holocaust and slavery were all justified using scripture. Right. So right. you can you can make it right. do anything. And as a pastor, as a
0: preacher, as a teacher, that is such a high bar for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I hold myself to a high bar like that because I don't want to misrepresent God yeah. and I don't want to claim to be speaking for God in order to push an agenda that i have. Yeah. And there are times when i come to scripture and I, and i'm reading and i see something that i don't like. But just because i don't like it doesn't mean i get to change it. I have to wrestle with it. I have to I have to ask God to to show me what it is in me mm-hmm. that doesn't line up with his word rather than saying, well, the world the word doesn't line up with what i want. So let's Let's change that. Let's twist that. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. One of the things that's maybe the last, I don't know about wrath, but extremely frustrated uh, is lately Rebecca and I have been playing Mario Party. And I've always been convinced that that game ruins relationships more than any other video game.
0: I've if, never played Mario Party. Never, well.
1: Good. And so we've been playing that more recently. And so that's actually where the frustration this past week has more come from, <laughs> is, is playing Mario Party. And, and the goal is to get stars. And the more stars you have, uh, you you win the game and um, get in, in this tension of there's certain times where you can steal someone else's star. Oh. And so if Rebecca's in first place, and I'm in second, and I'm one star apart from her. I'm going to Steal their star and then I'm in first place. Mm -hmm. So the point of the game is to win. Right. The point of every game is to win. Exactly. And so uh, my competitive side comes out, and she gets very frustrated, especially because we're playing alongside two computers. Mm -hmm. So in her mind, why would you take from a real person when you can take away from the computer? I always grew up playing chess. And Mm -hmm. so for me, it was strategy to conquer and win. And games are a harmless, not real life situation where I can do that.
0: so here's my question for you yeah. is your desire to win or is your desire to beat somebody
1: I think when I because we said and like I, I thought through it and you know we, we talked about it is it really came down to I being I think it also stems from being an only child mm. is that I was always competing against myself
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so if I know that I can make a better move, why would I not do the meta move? Because in my mind, I'm playing against myself. Mm. Like If she beats me, she's beating me like four or five times. I'm fine with her winning as long as I know I played my best. Okay. And so that's where it's more of a, if I'm purposely making a decision that's not my best in the game, and, and I, that also could stem from my grandfather who taught me chess, never let me win. Mm. So I didn't beat him until I was like 12 years old. Okay. And it was always... You're not playing to beat me, you're playing to get better. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I think in my mind is I'm always striving to do the best I can. And so to purposefully not do my best when I'm competing and like dedicating the time to it. Where like with kids, like I can let them win at youth group and I don't usually get too competitive. Mm. But sometimes they've seen me where we do a game and if like I I actually get involved, then it's like no holds bars. Like I'm going to do my best in this game, even if it means all of the kids at youth group lose. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so usually I just don't put weight in the winning or losing. It's I'm either going to play to have fun or I'm going to play to do my best. And sometimes I do both. Right. You would mentioned, you know, your love for the scripture and God's word and how you don't like it when pastoral leadership or whoever is preaching or teaching it mm-hmm. is manipulating it for their agenda. Because we have such a great love for God, I feel like it can lead Toward anger and wrath towards the church. Yep. The big C church, your local church, um, your denomination. Denomination, your church structure. How do we manage that? Because we want to stand up for God and His truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can get very angry and uh, sometimes act in wrath towards others. And yet, if we have all the knowledge and wisdom of God, but we do not love, it's worthless. And so how do we balance that standing for truth from Scripture, coming from Scripture, and interacting in the church with love and not out of wrath?
0: Yeah, let me know when you figure it out. Uh, (laughs) Well, I I think first and foremost, we have to be willing to, to check ourselves and the position we're holding, is it really, is it really the position that scripture is supporting hmm. or have I done what I'm accusing someone else of doing just with my own blinders on? So I don't even realize that I'm doing it. Yeah. And so I think that's a big part of why as Christians were called to live and walk in community Mm -hmm. So that way it's not just me and my ideas about scripture Mm -hmm. uh, and and implicit within that idea of community. I think there has to be a strong concept of accountability. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it's when I found it's when accountability erodes that anything goes, you know, if, if there's no one who's willing to stand up and say, I don't think that's actually what scripture says. Well, then what's to stop people from making it to say whatever they want it to say? Yeah. And, and while we need to hold other people accountable within the church, we also need to allow other people to hold us accountable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, as the pastor here at FUMC, I don't feel like I'm above being corrected I would hope that if someone hears something in a sermon I'm saying on the podcast here yeah. that they disagree with, that they think doesn't line up with the scripture or the historic faith that's been handed down to us, that they would come to me and tell me. And and we could walk through that together.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm not claiming I'm getting everything right. I'm trying hard. I'm doing my best. Uh, I think the Spirit's helping me, mm-hmm. but... It doesn't mean I'm getting everything just right. But I think we have to do that in love. You know, we don't come screaming and ranting and, you know, walking out of sermons and stuff to come in love, to come alongside and say, I don't know that you're quite right here, but let's walk together. Let's talk it through. Let's explore it together and see if we together can get to
1: where God wants us to go. Yeah. Uh, Two things come to mind is the coming in screaming of the, this is what you're doing wrong. The impetus of the Asbury outpouring revival, whatever you want to refer to it, Mm -hmm. um, was prayer and confession. Yeah. And how rare is that in our modern church culture of the... I'm coming forth and not saying what you're doing wrong, but confessing what I'm doing wrong and I need help mm-hmm. being pointed towards Christ and towards the cross. Which which is, I think, a good twist of the as soon as you're angry at what someone else is doing uh, sinfully to are you equally angry with where you're falling short? And does that hurt your heart as much? Mm-hmm. But also when you talk about community, it's so important that, that listeners hear that community doesn't mean the showing up and standing next to people during a worship service. That is not the full picture of community and walking alongside each other. Right. Because if you're only receiving from Scott on Sunday mornings and not talking to anyone about it, I mean, you should be in the scriptures on your own, because how can you compare and make sure that Scott's, mm-hmm. you know, on point with what the Word is saying if you're not in it on your own? And so that's that's so, so important. And I, I want, also want to point out um, just beautifully how well... God helped Aaron construct our worship, mm-hmm. especially in the second service, um, because of just how, a be- how much of a beautiful message, even if you just read the titles of the songs, are uh, we started off with Come As You Are. Mm-hmm. Coming to the church as you are, we all have scars. That was our special music. Yeah. Uh, no one is coming in blemish free, um, but we're supposed to leave everything at the cross, which makes us stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ultimately, we walk away with a living hope.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and so I just thought that that was such a beautiful, well-rounded order of music that that inspired me, encouraged a couple of our youth kids, and uh, I'm definitely hanging this bulletin up somewhere. Has, uh, yeah. It's
0: really good. And, and that's the gospel, right? That's the gospel in song titles. You know, we're invited to come, but we recognize we all come with junk. We come with scars where we've been wounded, mm-hmm. where we've wounded others. But we can bring that to the cross. And because of what Christ did there, we can leave it there. Like We don't have to keep going back to it. We don't have to keep living in it once It's been put to death and it has been put to death in Christ. Amen. And in that he can make us stronger. He can enliven us. He can give us his own spirit to give us the kind of life we were always meant to live, which gives us, but also the people around us, that living hope. That's what we, that's what Jesus is. He's our living hope because he was raised again. But we are also called to be a living hope in a culture that looks a lot more like death these days than it does life. Well, that's our conversation for today. But that doesn't mean the conversation is over. We'd love to hear your thoughts on these topics as well. To ask a question about anything we've discussed in this episode or to join the conversation, you can head over to FUMCCollingswood.org podcast. Thanks for being part of this conversation.